Citizens of the Verse, today is March 9th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. It's Always Sunny in Jersey, unless it isn't Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello. Actually, today it's very sunny in Jersey. Finally. It's been absolutely gorgeous uh, here in Brooklyn as well, as I can imagine. We tend to have the same weather patterns. Yeah. Um, we are joined by our unofficial co-host, Mascot. Mr. Seagard Olfsen. Mascot. <laughs> Mascot to the south. That's right. <laughs> it's Florida. From the sunny shores of Florida. <laughs> it's Florida. It's sunny. <laughs> Thanks for having Welcome me on. Welcome back. Yeah, he's always happy to volunteer when someone doesn't jump up, so we're glad to have him. Um, so, Seaguard, I, I mean, as always, you need no introduction. I, I'm sure at this point anyone who's regularly listening knows you, but give us the brief rundown. So, um been with Reed since uh, 2000, or, sorry, tw- yeah, 2020, about uh, April, and I came right about the same time Chekhov did, just after him, and uh, followed it, followed him in, actually, because we had played together before, and then uh, recently I've been put in charge of logistics for the org, and, uh, and uh, still with the org, still doing things, still loving it. Excellent. Um, so... Uh, I don't know about you. I've had an interesting week in the verse. It sounds like you guys did before I joined. Um, what have you been up to in the verse uh, this week, Seagard? Oh, so based on an event we did last week, uh, last weekend on logistics, it was based on logistics, but we ran a couple ships with two things. We wanted to practice the starter citizen trade tools, practice using that on our cruise or with our cruise. And we also wanted to track uh, voice command or, um, uh, using the channels within the, the game itself, the general channel, the mm-hmm. ship channel, etc. Um, that's been a, a great thing. It's it's very, very cool. I think it's catching on within the org. Uh, a little tough at first, technically, but I think it's a cool, cool thing. Yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed it. I, I finally was able to get it to work by the time I was exhausted and had to leave, but that's okay. What about you, Chekhov? Oh, just um, <clears throat> mostly uh, bounties, a little bit of uh, mining, but uh, have a few things for science, you know. I have some, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, gathering money to equip my brand new shiny Sentinel. Actually, I'm shopping as we speak. Oh, great. I thought you meant you had to go shopping like to the grocery store. I was like, no, 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 we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I just get it delivered. <laughs> um, I actually, well, one, I did want to, oh my goodness, my cat is like attacking my door. Uh, one, I uh, I got to name my character this week. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Based on popular vote, I went with Copernicus. Unfortunately, mm. some scoundrel out there picked Copernicus for their ship name. If, you, if you're a listener and chose it, how dare you? Mm. Um, if not, then I get it. Um, but it's okay because we use, or at least I adopted, Reed, um, Reed has some prefixes. So mine's the RSV Copernicus, which is Reed Science Vessel, um, which is great. 
Uh, and then I also have done a smattering of things like you guys. Uh, I took part in Seaguard's event um, last weekend. I have been doing some mining stuff, a little bit of everything. So it's been fun. Yeah. Did you name any sh- uh Funny enough, though, my Star Runner, I cannot name it for some reason. Um, have you named any ships yet, Seaguard? Well, I named my Carrick the Copernicus. No. <laughs> no, no. Uh-huh. no. You don't even have a kid. I do actually. I just bought one the other day. I actually named. Oh, you bought one again? Yeah. So I went back and bought the smaller of the exploration packs. Um, oh, nice. So I, I named it. I named it after the lead ship of the largest U.S. naval uh, exploration fleet ever sent out. It's from like the 1800s, and it's actually mm-hmm. the name uh, Vincennes which, you know, carriers and things have been named after forever. Um, so it was a Vincennes. It'll be, you know, whatever we're using for read, RLS, read science ship, whatever. Um, oh, RSV. Yeah, RSV. Yeah. And then I did the, um, I had my Reclaimer, which I named after one of the first um, uh, salvage ships in the Navy, which was the Shackle. So it would be the oh. read logistics ship Shackle. Yeah, uh, I believe is salvage considered logistics. It'll actually it'll be engineering. Yeah, yeah. So R E V, I think read engineering. But I don't. Yeah. know. I don't know what it is. We have a spreadsheet going around with like identifiers. Yeah. Um, that's great. I uh, I considered the sh- uh, Shackleton, which I really liked that one too. Yep. That one didn't win. Um, and I also <clears throat> really wanted Copernicus. So anyway, um, awesome. So. Let's talk a little bit more about what's been going on in the verse this past week. I think we've been having some really good content come out. Um, ISC this week, we got a look at some of the new cave entrances. Um, you know, they took a while to get some of these going because of supporting tech that they needed to complete. Um, but the new cave entrances, they'll apparently be six different types. So I'm looking forward to exploring the different types of cave entrances. Um, And for those who don't know, some will be dry, you know, big enough to drive in with vehicles, others, and and it looks like the caves will be too. Uh, Others will require you to use a ship, like there'll be sinkholes and other variations as such. Um, They also talked about sort of some of the changes to lighting that they used in the new caves too. Uh, And then the second section of the episode talked about mining subcomponents, which which can occupy the same slots as consumables. So now you can have a choice, subcomponent, consumable. Um, so they'll have passive effects on the laser. You don't have to activate them. You just have to equip them. Um, they did say some of them uh, on the upper end of the subcomponents will actually get pretty close to the effects and performance of consumables, mm-hmm. but they will cost you quite a bit. Um, and then last but not least in that episode, they did discuss the potential down the road and coming soon, you know, what they're trying to work on next is mining gadgets. So for example, they said there might be something you might put on a a difficult to break asteroid. So you have to fly out of your ship and put it on the asteroid and then use it to help break the, break apart the asteroid. So pretty cool stuff. Um, What did you think? I really liked it. I was especially excited about hearing that one of them reduces the amount of, um, amount of, uh, what do you call it, um, inert matter. Instability? No, it reduces oh. inert matter that you pick up by 10%. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So it preserves your cargo space for real materials, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. 
Chekhov, you must be excited. <clears throat> no, a lot of, I mean, caves just look amazing. I mean, just the idea of being able to get in there and the kind of gameplay, you know, you get the ship in there, you can do a little, uh, you know, FPS stuff, you know, maybe hopefully finally get to use our sniper rifles. And so <laughs> yeah, they did show that in the episode uh, too, people playing with sniper rifles. Yep, a lot of fun stuff. And the uh, yeah. the mining uh, attachments, yeah, especially I was doing a lot of mining. I mean, they're saying it's, it's uh, totally different from consumable. It's going to be a lot more, um, uh, you'll, you'll have a lot more to consider, you know, which components, what are you putting on when, but finally they're going to be hot swappable, and that's huge because I can't tell yeah. you, I'm just tired of putting on the consumables because every time you claim they're gone, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I could understand that, you know, the ship is destroyed, but this is like, you know, you claim the ship, you know, I just put a bunch of consumables and they're gone every time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And they don't come. I mean, you, if you bought a bunch, then they retain in your inventory that mine haven't disappeared. I have so many right. optimums or well, as long as you didn't equip. But, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was a good episode. And then I thought even better last week was Star Citizen Live because uh, we got quite a Q&A with the vehicle tech team, which I don't know if we've ever spoken with them in recent years. Uh, but they are, for those who don't know what they do versus, say, like great vehicle experience or content or whatever, they build the systems that vehicle feature team, vehicle content team, and the vehicle experience teams use to create ships. So they're not the ones who actually implement the ships. They create all the things that might apply to any ship. Um, and they discussed one of the most exciting things, I think, is physical damage. And part of that system is they're trying to move away from creating tech, like from having a ship take damage as like a number. Right. And like hit points and change it to like what's going to cause critical failures for your ship, what's going to cause your ship to break. And what what the the holdup is or what's what's taking so long is they want to actually create rules around the materials being used in the ship. So, you know, if there's a piece of aluminum or steel that has different, you know, those have different properties from one another. Aluminum is going to get pierced really easy. Steel is going to be a little harder, um, but then they have certain tolerances. So right. that'll be interesting. Um, and they sort of hinted at these materials are going to be used across more than just ships. Um, they also talked about tech setup with the cockpit experience. Um, we'll be seeing UI updates for scanning radar ping. Um, they're hoping to roll those out sooner rather than later. They didn't, they didn't give us a date or anything. Uh, they want, they talked about how um, the actual buttons in vehicles, like they did a lot of tech setup for that and they want the actual layout of the buttons to make sense based on what, what functionality those buttons should have versus like, you know, having two disparate things be right next to each other. And then they talked about breaching and the different ways that you could breach a ship, whether it's blowing a hole through the side of the ship, cutting through locks and doors and airlocks and the depressurization that might happen. Uh, they went back to scanning and radar saying how they're trying to both allow for more filtering and specific scanning. They want it to bit more easily find entities in space um, and have scanning then provide deeper detail. 
Um, they talked about the lighting and lock buttons that you see on the Mercury Starliner yeah. and how that's the template going forward. And they also want to evolve that and include additional functionality. Um, yeah, so it was a pretty content-rich episode. I don't want to go into any more detail unless anyone has anything else they want to mention. Uh, but I urge anyone who hasn't seen it to watch. Or now that Nubifier is able to do YouTube videos again, you could watch one of his no BS videos. Right. right. <laughs> so what about what about you, Seagard? How did you feel about that episode? I, li- I like the whole thing. Um, I And uh, in short, everything keeps me take, taking me back to are we going to see changes in the constellation? Cause it's one of my favorite ships um, based yeah. around all the things they were showing, like the lighting, you know, the budding buttons and lighting within the Mercury star runner. If you're going to do docking on the constellation with the fighter, you're probably going to do docking mm-hmm. with the station, which means you're probably going to do some work on it and maybe retrofit it. Right. So yeah. I'm wondering if that's not going to happen, but I liked it all. Yeah. I've listened. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chekhov? How'd you feel? Um, the uh, I'm I'm sorry. I was just making a purchase. Can you repeat that? Oh, <laughs> what'd you think about the Star System Live? With the oh, tech that team? was great. Yeah, that's actually one, probably one of my favorite lives so far. I mean, it's just yeah. really, really good content. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I hate it when they talk about the birds and the bees, but, you know, this was really good content. I mean, they really got into yeah. the, you know, the whole mechanics, you know, what we have now, what what's coming. I mean, a lot of good questions. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, it, it really, you know, A, puts a, a yet, yet another, you know, whole different respect and appreciations for what these teams do. You know, and uh, you know how much thought goes into it, and and how much work goes into into these, uh, you know, building out these ships, and uh, uh, it just I can't. It, it, it just you know there was so much content. I can't. I don't even know what to comment on. It was just everything was good. The whole hour. I would strongly recommend for anyone to watch this one. Yeah, it was it was extremely good. Um, you know, I think. I think a couple things that sort of like stand out for me. Um, one, as much as I knew physicalized damage was going to be a thing, I didn't know that it was going to be this in depth. And that that speaks volumes to like the future of sort of like how ship combat will play out. You know, because if you say you're trying to steal a ship, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to, you know, cripple it beyond repair or you don't want it to be too costly to repair. You want it to be sort of, you want to slow them down, stop them and maybe like yeah. try and get people to, to surrender. Right. Um, you know, so that's interesting. And then even just like thinking about some of the radar changes that might come up and, and some of those things, it's like, Super exciting to me. I forgot to even comment on ISC except for it being exciting. But I think what um, what I'm most excited about with that, uh, with with the mining stuff that they talked about, is just that we keep thinking they're done with it and they keep adding more layers of complexity to it that I like. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's it's nice to see that they're not just going to leave it as some simple system. You're going to have to know what you're doing. I would have to believe that 
mining is, um, you know, it may not be 50% of where they want it, but it's getting the skeleton, you know, the, the skeleton done. Um, so I suspect, you know, we will see another mining ship of some kind. Oh, yeah, for sure. Other, well, plus we still don't have the old. Yeah, I don't know if they'll go to Orion yet, but that would be pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I, I think well, that's a long way yeah. out. I think we'll see that around the same time we see the Endeavor. Yeah. Um, well, and also, you know, I think I think the other thing is you see with 313, these new subcomponents are coming, the new cave entrances are coming, um, the new asteroids are mm-hmm. coming. I bet you the complexity is going to be increased tenfold with just the new asteroids, you know, like there might. I, I have a funny feeling the risk versus reward, the tra- whole, all the different trade-offs that we've been working towards currently, I think we're going to see a lot different trade-offs going forward. Right. So pretty cool stuff. Um, this week, we're going to be getting a roadmap update. So next week, you'll get to hear Chekhov tell us what changed or what was added or what was subtracted. Um, uh, this week, so that'll be tomorrow, a.k.a today if you're listening to it on day of release uh we're also going to have an isc about ground vehicle updates and a sprint report so it should be very exciting there and um star citizen live is going to be a roundtable q a with the vfx team um so so far this year we've gotten pretty much like q a's and and calling all devs we have not seen a single one of those episodes that Chekhov and i just hate yep you know, where they're just like, let's design this prop that no one cares about for an hour and see if we can just waste everyone's right. time. Right. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm curious if you know this or not, but um, Seaguard, maybe you do. What time is it? <laughs> oh, science time. It is. It's time for science. Ah, I didn't think about um, it. No, no music. Yeah. Wait. Neil deGrasse is on. I can't. <laughs> well, I can't play the music live while we're talking, um, but I can play it behind us uh, when I add it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be listeners will be hearing it afterwards. I can't. I don't have a soundboard with this, and I didn't want to waste time. Check off trying to get you working on that other app. We can test that another time. Uh, anyway, uh, Chekhov, what have you done for science? Or, sorry, Seagar, yeah, I have to ask the go. guests first. Yeah. What have you done for it, science? Uh, the combo check, or the check of the channel systems was uh, the big one. Um, and yeah. then I went out and tested some of the cargo, trying to pick up cargo again, and had better luck without the, uh, you know, I was checking whether a caterpillar full of stuff would still, you know, take you out. Um, I didn't get all the way up to the caterpillar, but I safely carried cargo and was able to sell it in smaller ships, uh, not quite up to a caterpillar. So a little bit of that. Right? That's awesome. That's about it. That's great. What about you, Mr. Chekhov? Oh, thank you for asking. So we did a couple of interesting things. So one... So I, I did a bounty in my Buccaneer, right? And uh, I got both of my engines shut off. So I was able to uh, quantum to the Everest Harbor 
But as soon as I came out, mm -hmm. I lost all the power, right? So I sorted my sites, but I don't know how to get there. So what I did is I kind of uh, uh, picked my nose up and put my ship parallel to the station, right? And then used my thrusters, right, to slowly inch my way towards the station. So kind of, you know, uh, it was really weird, but it, but it did work because I got far enough to be able to call for landing and they assigned me a spot. Mm -hmm. So I was able to just using those thrusters that, you know, you have to kind of, so, you know, pivot your, your ship because the only propulsion you have is those thrusters, you know, blowing back and moving you yeah. forward. So that was kind of cool. Uh, try to land it, but couldn't because that was a little tricky. But at least I got there, so yeah. I survived. Okay. So so it could work. That's one. Second, we kind of jointly figured out how to, uh, when by accident, of course, you get a crime stat, uh, you can uh, kind of get to Korea. And I don't know if we knew, at least I didn't know. So if you get close, uh, you can uh, jump out of your ship before getting shot. So if you eva to the station, they will not shoot at you. So you can kind of leave your plane floating and EVA to the station, remove your crime stat, and then EVA back <laughs> and get on the plane. Uh, didn't work out very well because Sigurd actually took me there. So I was okay, but he got shot at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, once you get to the landing site, they can't hit the ship anyway. It's sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah but it's tricky. But you, I mean, you got to really like hide it there. So... So what we yeah. did find, though, was that Chekhov had the crime rating, and when he left his ship and started flying by jetpack over there, by suit, mm -hmm. his ship did not stay red. Um, and then I picked him up. He basically said, hey, it's going to take me forever to get there. Let me get on your back ramp of your Tana and drop me as you go by the station and then fly off. So when, I, when he got on my ramp, the turret started firing at me um, even though they weren't mm -hmm. firing at him when he's floating in space. Um, so I was able to drop him off and then someone came in and blew me up in a fighter. But I never had a crime stat. I just got shot at. So oh. they're shooting at him. Not necessarily me. I just happened okay. to be the guy in the ship with him. So yeah. um What's interesting is I've noticed the past few times I've cleared my crime stat, the the turrets don't shoot at me. And I have a feeling that's a quick indicator to know whether or not the the NPCs have spawned inside. Ah, interesting. That's my guess, because that's, that's happened the past few times is that they've been in there. I, I thought of uh, two more science things. Um, one was why we were doing ahead. the logistic event. Um, MG and I were in the back of a freelancer trying to figure out our comms, freelancer max. Um, and we were standing on the cargo grid and Jandal, who was piloting, actually had gotten off and ordered cargo. Well, the cargo formed around us. It didn't block us because we were near the kind of the edge of the cargo grids, but it didn't put a box on us. Let's put it that way. Uh, so yeah. the fact that you can stand on the grid and not be covered in cargo is pretty good. Vehicles, I knew that could be done. Vehicles, it won't cover the, the vehicle. It'll just fill the area of the grid that's not covered by the vehicle. Uh, but it also works with yeah. people. 
Um, the second one was uh, one of the groups uh, we had talked about whether an MSR could be used to smuggle a person to Korea in the hidden compartment. And they said they were unable to do it. Um, I don't know if yeah. they stayed within the subdex or if they went within that one special section within the right-hand corner of the MSR. So, um, I, I can confirm the other aspect because one of our listeners actually sent this in a while ago and I forgot to mention it, but Whiplash, um, who I think you guys yeah. have seen, he, he had reached out and said, um, you know, he and his wife test things. Uh, all the time in Star Citizen and was like, can I send some scenarios in? I said, you know, if you want, you could send in a recording and we'll we'll put it on the air. But he was a little reluctant to do that. But um, a few weeks ago, he tested out the MSR ah. for um, smuggled goods in the secret storage compartment. And it did work there. He even got scanned. He, he attempted to get scanned. Perfect. You know, he forced it by just flying around and it did work it, it, they did not um detect the illegal awesome. cargo so it works for non players non uh yeah criminals yeah i think long term it should yeah. work for players that probably requires you know additional yeah. scanning stuff that's my guess but uh yeah cool uh check off did oh, you have anything well, else you did it. for science okay um, I did not have anything I did for science with the exception of being part of the guinea pig crew um, with UC Guard. So uh, that was fun. Um, so that brings us to our Q&A section. We got quite a few this week. Um, first, we'll start with questions from Discord. Um, our first set of questions, and it's always a set with our good friend Connect2099. Um, his first question is caves look great, but do you think they'll just be locations or will we see missions there? What do you think, Seaguard? Do you think I think we're going to see missions? I I wouldn't be surprised if there's hidden caves that don't have any missions you can go discover. I suspect they exist now. Mm -hmm. I've just never found one, but uh, I suspect they will have. They want you to go test it. They want you to go give them feedback, so they'll have missions. They'll give yeah. you a reason to go. Yeah, that's not a bad point. I wasn't <clears throat> thinking about it from that angle. Yeah. What about I you, Chekhov? I would what say do I don't know if out of the gate, but definitely, ultimately, there it's a, such a huge opportunity, and I would uh, uh, almost sure they're not going to miss the opportunity to create missions there because you could do FPS missions, yeah. you could do, uh, you know, investigation. You could do a whole bunch of stuff there. I mean, yeah, this is just like such a good venue for that stuff. Because you think about it, you you yeah. you potentially you're bringing all the pieces of the puzzle in there. You you can bring a ship in. You can bring a vehicle in. Vehicle in the ship. You could mine. You could bring mm -hmm. a you know a, a person in. You know you can have combat there. Uh, yeah, it just opens up uh, really huge possibilities. Also kind of escaping, navigating, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's basically what they've done between sort of, you know, escape from prison, your basic, uh, you know, mining that we've done, you know, in caves already, finding lost, uh, you know, people. I mean, they could really bring it all together now, right? Yeah. Hopefully it's not just find the dead body missions. 
Um, you know, and I'd like eventually the mission set to not always be a dead body or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I would be shocked if it wasn't something, there's definitely going to be some content, you know, like the drive-in entrances screen put, put a high concentration of rock mineables in here. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they put it, uh, et cetera. Uh, his next question, uh, when talking about caves, they said they created six entrances. Do you think they meant they only have six caves total around Stanton? I, I'm, I'm guessing he's referencing six additional or more than six, but just with six different entrance types. I think, think it's so six good? caves. Yeah, six caves. I think it's going to be a single entrance in the beginning. Or, you know something, now that you say that, it may be, maybe it is a one huge cave with six big entrances in there. That would be awesome if that they actually did that. That you could fly in from one side and come out from, from another. I am going to say I think it's going to be more than six caves, personally. I think, I think it's six different entrance types. Um, but I think we'll see maybe in locations where we have caves currently, I bet you we see like two or three additional caves because I, I don't know if we have them on Microtech, but I remember seeing an episode where there was snow on the outside of the cave. Um, so that could be maybe Yella or somewhere else, another moon, but I'm pretty sure we didn't see any on Yella. So wherever it is, there's a snow location so we might see some on microtech or something like that um but i think we're going to get more than six caves and the other reason i think that too is if you think about what they said was the limitation for adding more caves they sort of hinted at the fact that they couldn't actually render all those caves in game so now that that tech is there whether it might be some sort of culling tech that wasn't like a real feature feature or something else i mean the thing I always think about is there's a reason that they're adding different cave entrances. What could that possibly be except for like gameplay and trying to create some more exp exploration options for us. And the other thing I would say is look what we're getting next. Uh, is it next patch? I believe three fourteen. Uh FPS scan. Yeah. Won't that be interesting if that involves cave gameplay, you know, maybe they're leading to something. Um, Okay, now question number three from Canuck. Uh, vehicle tech team said some good stuff, but one thing that stuck out for me was how they want to handle materials. Is it just me, or does their system sound a bit overcomplicated and unwieldy? Seagard, is it just Canuck? Uh, does it sound overcomplicated and unwieldy? I like, I think... You know they've reached for the for the high bar every time, and it's worked well. I think mm -hmm. that while it seems overwhelming to us, I don't necessarily think it's it's overwhelming if you put your hat onto it and start doing some calculus and and uh, laying out some grids of potential curves of rate you know ratings right. So, um, mm -hmm. you know they're talking like brittleness. Uh, strength, uh, flexibility like cloth, right? 
durability from wear mm-hmm. and tear. Um, but these were all characteristics like you would have, you know, you could have more characteristics of that in a person in a game. So I think that uh, yeah. all of that leads to the way things break in the universe, like wings rip off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what they're going to go for. I think they're going to, I think it's complex and they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with what that. With all the, I mean, we're, we're advancing in tech so fast. I mean, AI is at work and I don't mean AI is NPCs. I mean, there's uh, certainly a lot of help for them they, they could you know i mean all this stuff exists in the real world the business world today so i mean why not why not have it in the yeah. game you know yeah. the metals uh, it's yeah, definitely right. all possible and all the physics that they're talking about you know push pull you know force reactions you know based on you know in interior climate exterior climate all the forces working together yeah it sounds complex but that's exactly what he's saying. That's why this game is alpha and has been here for a long time because he's yeah. seeing that, you know, he's looking at technology. Technology is there. It's just, it's the, the you know, Rome is not built overnight though. So it does take time to get there, but he's, you know, they're seeing it. It's at their fingertips. Like everything is there for them. Right. The imagination is yeah. there. The tools are there. Just a matter of time now to build it. So yeah, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm all for it because as I said, the, this is a real simulator. This is not just a video game. You know, we, we get to feel what space is like. We get to feel the real mechanics of flight. You know, I mean, this is, you know, cool stuff. You know, to, for me, like the more the merrier, man, you know, bring it on. You know, I'll, I'll invest into a thousand dollar joysticks at that point. You know what I mean? And, and eye trackers and whatever else yeah. that, that really immerses us into this game. We no, want no, some yeah. I have my own. I, I recycle my old joysticks on eBay. You know, that's my own little fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Have her call Mrs. <laughs> At, or Mrs. Seagard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She'll she'll talk her off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Seagard probably has no idea. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I you know, one thing I've always Thought. I think I've said it before, but definitely what I thought is that, I mean, Chris Roberts is a businessman, first and foremost, and he didn't build just one Wing Commander game. He built six of them, I think, total. And then he made, you know, Freelancer and a couple other games. Um, and I think that what he's building is actually the tool set to make other games. I think right. the first game, uh, right, I think there's going to be a movie. Um, I was watching, you know, just the clips from Wing Commander 4 with Mark Hamill and them. And, you know, he has access to big actors. He's built movies or made movies. He's built environments and universes and and produced great games. I think he's going to build, you know, a medieval one and then a sci-fi one and then an alien one and on and on and on. Right? Yeah, but, I, but you know, what, what else is huge? <laughs> is that he figured out also he's a great businessman because he also figured out uh, how to fund this thing. You know, instead of the microtransactions, he's doing with microtransactions, right? And, yep. and which is perfectly yeah. fine. I mean, that's why uh, I'm by the terminal and I see missiles flying at me. Those triangles. I'm, I'm trying to buy <laughs> missiles and I see little triangles coming at me. Are they trying to tell me something? That's right. Stop buying. Stop buying. <laughs> 
Get yeah. these missiles so I today. Think I think that's where this is going to go, right? I mean, yeah. I so the other thing too is if you think about it, because they didn't say it was just going to be for ships, so they're building a system. And whenever they build a system, it is complicated. But what ends up happening is it it takes long to first initially do, but then once they do it, it's practically yeah. point click make. I mean, right. in, in comparison, comparison, in comparison, right. I don't want to oversimplify, right. but like essentially what they're doing is they're developing tech that designers can use to build things. And it's, their assembly it's lines. like, it's almost like, it, yeah. So I think it's going to be really useful, but it also has implications for things like homesteads, armor, right? Our armor isn't just going to be armor. It'll be a, a material that has strength weakness if you get shot in a certain place it might be okay but if you get shot multiple times in that same place it's going to penetrate and you're going to you're going to die or fall you know so that's going to be great um so then canuck asks yet again he loves four questions i've noticed that's his like favorite number i think four is one of my favorite numbers by the way (laughs) two and four for some reason so that that suits me he uh, he said, how excited are you for plan changes to scanning? What changes would you like to see? Seaguard? Yeah, I, yes. I would scanning. like to start seeing um, the ability to scan down ships in space, like with a Terrapin. All right. So not mm-hmm. just like what what is that piece of rock? Where is that piece of rock? What's around me? <laughs> right. What's going on where I'm yeah. looking? <clears throat> you know, can I get an image of it? That type of gameplay. Because we can't right yeah. now, you have no way to go anywhere other than to one of the known places. And I'm dying to just head off in the direction. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can't do that unless you can yeah. set a point somewhere out there and see what's there and find something that you can quantum to. Yep. Yeah. So. I also oh, no, think no, like, I was, oh, go ahead. Actually, yeah, no, that's fine. Right. I, I just going to say that, yeah, they, they talked in depth about it. The, the, you know, the scanning becomes really quite a bit more complex than what it is today. And, the, right. and also they're going to work on the UI because the way it's presented today is it's it's really cumbersome. So they need to really make it intuitive. So A, you have to be able to scan and get all the details of that scan. And like you said, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a rocket, it's a ship, we need a lot more detail about the scan. You know, whether right. it's a piece of fruit hanging off a tree, you know, we should be able to fly low and get these scans, put it on the autopilot cruise and, you know, really go in the back into our engineering station, whatever that is, or, or, or data station and just sit there because the ship doesn't need me to fly it. It's very stable, right? In theory. Right. And I'm just scanning there and getting all these different reports and boom, if I see something that I need to explore, I, I stop the ship, I get out, I go look at it, I pick it, I bring it back on board. I mean, this is the kind of play that we're looking for. Uh, yeah. But on a different side note, not to get off track, uh, you know, this is not really for science, but I can't wait to get my 32 missiles that I just equipped in a Sentinel out there. 
<laughs> so, uh, so I, going back to scanners, um, it would be nice to know that he has 32 missiles on his ship. But uh, thinking in, thinking right, exactly. in terms of, uh, I look at the Explorer pack, right? And I used to have the other one that had the Carrick and it had the 600i and it had the uh, Aquila and the Dur and the 315 and and they all have a different I did a I did actually a lot of studying on this Com- that was the 2948 uh, one wasn't I it I think so but it was in the description of the yeah. some are called expedition ships and some are called science ships uh, ex- yeah exploration and expedition so some hinted in their description at being planetary exploration others dealt with like solar system exploration so so like a carrick yeah. may be gr- fantastically suited and equipped to do to scan a solar system and look for you know jump points and uh all these other things but it may not be the best at scanning a, a planet and an aquila might be perfect for scanning a planet in general and then going to an area and looking at that area from kind of high level, like a continent or an island and go, what's on the mm-hmm. island? Oh, we have a city, we have ruins, we have a cave. You know, now you have a purpose to use your um, your ground vehicles and your little, you know, little ships. Um, so I think mm-hmm. as we get into more and different types of scanners, the ship differentiation will be very important. Yeah. Well, and I think the size of the scanner, Absolutely. right, and the size of the Absolutely. ship will dictate a lot too because you know, you look the the Aquila Carrick comparison, right? Um the Carrick is larger, but but it's also I think more geared towards and this isn't its only function. I do think contrary right. I know you're using it as an example, I do think it will be pretty good at on ground phenomena. But it's also really, really well made. That's for the one I was thinking of. Point mapping. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's the only thing it will do. I think it'll probably be good for um, cartography of planet surfaces as well. And then that's why it comes with exploration. Yeah. You know, it comes yeah. with other equipment for you to use it as a base of operations. But then send your rover out or your Pisces out. Um, I, I'm excited for and hoping for. More of not just variation in scanning and, and differences in scanners, because obviously that's what's going to set the different exploration <clears throat> ships apart and other ships, but also just better visual indicators to 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 tell us the difference between things we're scanning. Like right now, it's just a big old box for almost everything until you get up close and it's like like you guys said, I want to know if that's a ship or an asteroid. I don't want to get I don't want to go towards a rock that could actually end right. up being a ship because they could be no bueno. Um, so that's something that I really want. And I'm looking forward to sort of, I have a feeling scanning is going to be more long distance down the road for certain types of things. So I look forward to that. Um, so those are all of Canuck's questions. Uh, Jandal asks us a question he asks, uh, would you like to see iPhone or not iPhone? Sorry, that's just my bias. Would you like to see phone apps for managing inventory, refining jobs, etc., 
outside uh, of the uh, game. Yeah, but I, and I think we will see those. I think they're open enough with their API that um, at least we can see the status if someone puts their mind to it. Um, and I think we'll be able mm-hmm. to um, adjust the status outside the game eventually. Yes, yeah, so EVE mm-hmm. Online actually you, has a pretty robust app. And uh, I, I actually currently have on my phone, I think, four different Star Citizen apps. They all have, I mean, they're mm-hmm. fairly basic. They're not integrated. Besides Game Glass, of course. Game Glass is, you know, the advanced app. Yeah. But I wouldn't yeah, be shocked. Yeah, if I, I, Game yes, I, I agree with you with all the shards as they get more and more. Yeah, Game Glass is definitely positioned to be the one that does it all because essentially, with all the shards that they have coming out, will pretty much deliver what all those four apps that I have combined. Because those apps, I used to use them from day one. Yeah. Like the one of them is all about the Stanton system. It you know, it tells me where on each R&R, mm-hmm. what they have, where I can uh, sell kind of, you know, in a basic way. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the Game Glass is by far this the one that produces uh, yeah. more utility. Yeah. yeah. I... I um... I mean, they actually, I believe they said that, that that is something that they'll do is something around like commodities and inventory and all that stuff. I imagine that's going to be one of the last things that they do. Um, I could even see Turbulent being the studio that does that. It seems like a very turbulent thing. Uh, they did also say Spectrum, um, but not like, I think, more advanced Spectrum. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see it. It's not required for me. Real but, on that, yeah, real off cool. that. Off the far deep end, I'd like to see that the interaction be based on where you are on your ship. So let's say you go to bed on a ship and it has a monitor in your bunk. Well, whenever you want to wake up your character remotely, he can look up and manage. You basically you see the screen in front of you that he sees in his bunk. Um, conversely, if you're the captain and you want to do something with the ship, you probably should see what it's at his computer desk in his quarters. Right. Right. And then uh, mm. maybe, maybe if you just leave him at your desk, he can, you can get a couple hours use and then he automatically goes to sleep and wakes up in his bed the next time you see him. Um, you know, I think that would, that would be cool. That's wouldn't it? it would be because <laughs> then you'd have a purpose to go to the captain's quarters. Oh, sure. You know, oh, I can't do certain things that I can do on my my desktop there. Oh, right. we a hundred percent will have a purpose. I'm sure. I think that's where we'll keep like sort of the the captain's log, and I also think it's sort of where either a it might be like a um, more secure. Like communication point. platform where it might be a place where you administer permissioning yep. for bigger ships or it might be a place to um, administer tasks for, for yep. your crew who knows yep. or control your NPCs who knows I, I guess we'll see it but I yeah. think there'll be a purpose I hope so because yeah. if not it's just a cool room for nothing um Next, uh, we get a question from Boris the Barterer, and he asks, 
Now uh, that they've outlined upcoming changes to mining, for example, subcomponents, then gadgets, what do you think will be the next gameplay loop to be fleshed out? What do you think, Seagull? Hey, cargo. What's, what's next? Okay. Anything uh, in particular? I think make that you the think number that? of cargo ships that are in play um, and the fact that you'll be able to yeah. dock some of the bigger ships. Um, and, yeah. you know, cargo has multiple aspects of which most are not touched right now, right? Like right now, you can't. You can't scale a cargo and do cargo missions with a caterpillar. You can use like an Aurora, right? <laughs> but you should be able to have the same mm -hmm. type of missions that says, hey, we need you to haul 500, you know, SEU, and uh, we need you to, we're going to pay you 15,000 in, in fees. Um, you know. Oh, by the way, you but, have to and that might be pilot. part of it, right? There's going to be some <laughs> of that. So, I think yeah. that the multiplayer kind of uh, strength of of cargo ships is is going to make that a big part of it. And there's no real missions scaling you up into bigger ships the way you do, let's say, in bounty hunting, right? Because bounty hunting right now is arguably yeah. more profitable even than mining. So, you know. I would say mining and bounty hunting are actually very well set right now. Bounty hunting is still very immature versus mining, but um, but even mining, even mining, if you think about it, we don't have mining missions nope. or a mining guild yet. Nope. But that those right. are but there's no fun. there's no cost to mine, right? There's always yeah. a cost to carry cargo. Except the single load, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Um, what yeah, about you, Chip? Mean, what do you think? I, I would agree with, with Sigurd. That would be the case. I'm sorry, I took a bounty mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be multiple loops at the same time. Maybe they won't be as far along. Like, they did say bounty hunting is something that they're working on maturing and even the sort of like, you know, criminal versus bounty hunter versus the law gameplay stuff is, is a big part of this right. year and probably early next year. Um, and probably through next year, let's face it. Um, I think because we're going to start to see the first vestiges of medical gameplay, that's going to flesh out a little bit more. And yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, and I agree with you, logistics. I also feel like medical gameplay isn't going to be as in-depth as some of the others. Like, it might be in-depth, but I don't right. think it's going to be as in-depth as some of the others. Because it, it'll be the search part, right? The search and rescue that'll be... I don't think people are going to be doctors in a hospital. I think they're going to be, let's go like find a, players. Right. Like a cave rescue but in space, right? Yeah, and I, you know... Mm -hmm. Yeah, or in a cave. Or yeah, salvage cave. to me is not one because to be effective in salvage, you either have to have a lot of wrecks that are randomly created um, or you have to have a lot of AI that are causing a lot of wrecks to be created, right? So I just don't see that yeah. being a practical thing. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's why they put it. I think that's right. why they put it so far back, even though right. initially they were going to plan it further. That that and one, it takes physicalized damage. It does. Truthfully, if you think about it, um, and they need eye cash um, to be a thing because they need this the state of the ship to persist. Um, right. You know, so that requires a lot. Um, and then beyond that, once you can put in salvage, they'll probably simultaneously start putting in repair because they're like in, there's right. an inverse relationship there. So you know, once they have all that material stuff that we talked about earlier done, I think that's when we're going right. to see some real cool salvage stuff come through. But that's probably a, a year out as the start of that, at gotcha. least ship-based salvage. Salvage. Plus, uh, we forgot to mention, you know physicalized components so not just the damage but the components which is a huge chunk of what you yeah, might good need point. to do good with salvage um, so our next question was via text message so awesome. we had our first text message question in our first week which is great and it's from white winged uh, he says hey guys just want to say I love the podcast I especially enjoy your logistics <laughs> officers input <laughs> He's fantastic, and mm-hmm. his commentary adds a lot. I hope it goes without. Yeah, I hope it goes without saying that you're doing a lot of us a huge service via this podcast. So thank you again. Uh, his question's simple. He says, um, "How do you feel about the current layout of ships?" So I, I'm going to take this as two questions because I sort of I asked a clarifying question, so now I know it seems like two questions for me. So the first I would say is, "How do you feel about?" the current okay. layout of ships. So, so ahead, some ships are laid out. Um, you know, I've been on a few naval vessels and I've even, I was in the army and I've been on a couple of cargo vessels and things like that. Um, I don't think they're that far off. And I think that they're generally geared towards fun play. Um, you know, I see like the Hercules as, you know, which is coming as kind of the equivalent of a, roll on and roll off style cargo ship um the interior wise mm-hmm. i think that there's uh, i think there's um the caterpillar in particular i think it's interesting that they have two bunks in the cabin area for the capsule where the bridge is and they have two bunks down in the um in the hull closer to the mess hall um and the engineer the engine mm-hmm. is towards the back I don't necessarily think that's bad. Um, they're tough to defend. I mean, you know, just thinking about that because I'm also trying to help with some strate- strategic thinking or tactical thinking on ships. Um, like, you know, what would I protect as an ex-military guy on a ship? I would protect the med bay on the Carrick first because that's going to keep my guys coming back. And, you know, I'm going to protect any opening from borders and, um, I'm going to protect the engine room and the bridge, right? Uh, so I think yeah. that they're a challenge, but I don't think they're unrealistic. Um, I think some of the elevators yeah. are a little interesting, um, but I think they'll fix those, especially on the reclaimer, right? You can't really get a vehicle in there, even though there's a, there's a place to stow vehicles. It's very tough the way the elevators are set up. But but I think that I yeah. I think generally Where, they're okay. Um, yeah. So what yeah. about you? Well, first of, of all, ships? I 
A, I, I love them all because they all have different characters and uh, they, they're not perfect. But mm. after uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, I still remember going back to this uh, show where one of the shows way back where they were talking about issues with Nomad and they said how difficult is design these ships and really calculate what the ramp is and where the ramp needs to, how it needs to close, how much room it takes inside, because these are real physics that they're working with. So it's not really that easy. It's really complex and they don't always get it right. Yeah. 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 yeah you could tell because they, they, I mean, that's why I, but I think that's why they benefit from having people who are flying. Oh yeah. Right. And exactly. Like moment is a perfect example. I mean, look, uh, they, they still can't fix it. It seems trivial to us, but they, they can't, you know, simple. I mean, rock is perfect. Right. fits perfectly, but it doesn't. Yeah. I, you know, one thing uh, talking about layout, because, you know, I was thinking the inside, but there are some wonky things about the gun turrets, right? Um, I, I, I don't understand why a cargo vessel would have a, a, any significant amount of its firepower forward unless it's going to be blockade running. But I definitely could see him having yeah. guns to the rear and the sides because he's going to be running. <laughs> right. And I would want my missiles facing backwards yeah. as well as forward. Um, and they're probably overarmed, to be honest with you. I mean, cargo vessels are not really fighting ships. It should be close. Um, yeah. So I think turret layouts are interesting. From a sci-fi perspective, they're great. Um, yeah, but I, I do think some of that could yeah. possibly change. The fact that they're complex on the inside and you get turned around, that's very much like a real ship. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. even a we cruise ship. A you know? <laughs> um, 100%. What I think, so, um, what I think is interesting, one, you could just, it's pretty easy to tell just if you didn't know and you were new to this game, particularly when you're talking about bigger ships, right. um, you know, medium to large and bigger ships, you can you tell can. which ones are newer. You can. You can just tell. They have they have better wayfinding. They have um, better layout or at least more right. logical layout. Um, but then there are some things that make you go, hmm, I wonder why it's laid out this way. So, for instance, my beloved... You know, people, the, right. a.k.a. the Carrick, for those who don't know. And if you don't know, I don't know why you listen. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, the charting room or the cartography room is completely separated from Correct. any normal quarters. Now, I have a feeling they had a space. They wanted to make something cool. They're trying to figure it out. And, you know, it might be an interesting spot for it. I don't know. But I don't see, like, I'm, I wonder if that's going to be usable. And I also sit there and go, this repair room on the tech deck, is this going to be used for components? Um, probably not full-scale components. It doesn't look big enough, and it's Correct. pretty far away from the engine room. Maybe it's used for smaller components or weaponry or something that you can carry easily. Right. Um, if not, it's in a bad spot. <laughs> um, you know, so those are, like, some examples on a carrot. Yeah. I'm not going to name it anymore because it's 
pretty almost perfect. The only other thing I will say is I don't know how because the components are so big, will they actually fit through the doors to get out of the engine room? Because I don't think so unless you yeah. have to take them apart. But who knows? Um, so uh, next wow. and so final question questions. comes to us from email. Okay. Yeah, and can I, so uh, many can I different make one alibi on? Uh... Uh, sorry, it's a military reference oh, sure. when you say an alibi. Uh, anyway, uh, the Retaliator, to me, is one of the greatest ship interiors in the game. It is very – everyone says it's a bomber, and I really think it's more of a PT boat from World War II. Um, the only thing I kind of have that I mm. don't like about it is there's a single pilot where I'd rather see two pilots side by side, a pilot and a co-pilot up front. But I think it's a cramped quarters yeah. and the you know the visibility of torpedo tubes and the compartmentalization I think is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean it's pretty well laid out. I would say I don't like the crew quarters that much. Never had really good quarters in the military. A lot of dirt, sleeping on the back of a tank. Mm. I just think <laughs> it's a weird spot. Yeah, I just think it's a weird spot. But yeah. beyond that, it is pretty well laid out. Um, so our final question, uh, as I said, via email comes to us from, uh, Ivind or Einvind. Einvind. I, I struggle A fellow to Viking determine how wannabe. his name's pronounced. Um, yeah. And he's back and asks, um, so thinking about expeditions and exploration, maybe you guys have talked about it, but how do you think this will be rewarded? And do you think it will be enough to pay a whole crew? Will it be scan? Will it be scanning or finding rare stuff and sell it? Uh, sell the info back home, maybe. Um, so, what do you think, uh, Suga? Yes, How's, I think it's all it in the planning. And I think that um, I'm wrestling with some of those things right now. And I did one of the videos with Oerth on a mining, uh, mining with the mole on how to pay people within the crew. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I think it's absolutely it's going to be profitable, but I think it's going to take some planning and some smaller ships to go out and do some reconnaissance and inspect an area, keep it secret, bring it back, and then you can set up an exploration. Um, right? I don't think you're going to want to just yeah. head out and go. Oh, let's go find a planet. I think you're going to have to have an idea where to go, and I think it's the pathfinders are for. Um, and yeah, and if you're looking for ways to Could figure be. out how to pay your crew, there's actually I actually did did some research on how the merchant marine pays their crew and how salvaged guys do it, and you know what's a portion of pay based on whether you're rated or not rated in the crew, uh, which is a rank structuring, uh, whether you're an officer or not an officer, and things like that. So um, you might want to, it, it just gave me yeah. some ideas and I'm trying to implement them in logistics. So we'll probably start doing that in uh, April cool. when we do crew work only after that for events. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, what about you? Uh, How do you think it's going to work? As far as paying your crew? Well, and also like how, how is the ship How's an exploration ship making money? And do you think it's going to allow for, you know, crew to make 
good money. You know, like what's incentivizing you to have a crew versus those people just doing it? Well, I mean, a hundred percent, there's going to be some sort of a gameplay encouraging teamwork and uh, somehow spreading. You know, the the missions themselves will spread the the payoffs, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be arranged just like it is today. So I'm not, I can't even guess how, but mm-hmm. I could certainly right now use a tip of how to find Area 18. For the life of me, for a year I've been playing this game, I cannot find how to land on Area 18. Right. I don't know why they haven't just yeah, changed the marker, the marker is to the landing, the I'm, spaceport. I'm like hovering on top of the building, and I don't it's know so where the weird. spaceport is. It's so weird. I'm, I mean, I can find it usually pretty easily, but every once in a while when it's foggy or place. it's dark, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, we're talking rebuild. about some of the ways to pay. Like, if you looked at, like, a modern expedition to go find, let's say, the Titanic, the sailors just get paid a set amount, right? They're not getting paid any more mm-hmm. than than they would on any other job. They're just getting a steady pay for 24 hours a day for so many days on the expedition, whether they sit in their bunks or not. And that's an expense that the exploration lead or the manager has to pay for. Um, so he has to have that money up front. It's kind of like yeah. casting, you know, it's kind of like gambling. But if you find something, the top guys get all the money. They bring back the information and write the papers and sell mm-hmm. the you know things they found and, and take people out for future trips. And that's how they make their money. So I suspect that's how we'll make it in the game. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's a good question because obviously the game wants to be like as close to eco- right. you know the economy as possible. And if you're thinking of people who are creating jobs, it's going to be the people who own the ships that provide the opportunity. I do question and, – and I, I bet you – the earning potential right now isn't scaled to the size of the ship. It's, not. it's really not, except for like large bounty missions where it's like either, you know, a couple big ships or a bunch of little ships, and then maybe they're semi worthwhile. But you know, someone still has the risk of losing their life. Right. So you know, there's that. I I personally think either there's a couple different ways that they can do it, and I'm I'm partially hypothesizing and partially definitely gleaning something from like a Tony Z or, or earlier Chris Roberts video. Like if you go back to those initial inside star citizens or not inside star citizens um, uh, around the verse, which was the precursor to inside star citizen, those first of all, were like hour long episodes, but, and some of them are quite corny, but you get a lot of initial design talk about systems. And, um, I do think one of the things is you are going to be setting pay in advance for your crew. They made yeah. it sound as though you're going to be negotiating for that. So like you said, Seaguard, I actually have a different train of thought in terms of the way by which we find phenomena to explore further because <clears throat> pathfinders are a little bit more limited in their they're the smaller ones at least are a little bit more limited in the distance that they can go. So I don't know if they would be the initial oh, good point. vehicle to search. I think, I think what we will see is more of this 
I think we'll see one pathfinders will be um, the vehicles, the smaller pathfinders will be the vehicles by which you search within system. Right. So the ICC, cartography, the Imperial. Oh my um, God. I, I had a stowaway on my ship. Tessa. I just realized I heard somebody walking around. <laughs> Tessa Bannister will give you a call and say, Hey, I need you to check out this phenomena in system over here. And you won't have to leave the system for it. You get missions through Tessa, right? What I envision more of is you have your large-scale endeavor with that big yep. antenna on the top or the big telescope, and you pick up something from mile, you know, yeah, you know, maybe even a system away. Who knows, right? That then is that and i think this is why it's sort of like a center of things versus the i don't think it's the one that's going to go out and explore particularly with it's some a phenomenon that's planet side that's when you send out your aquilas your carricks your 600 eyes to go out and you determine what to send based on what you think the phenomenon might be All right you know if there's a uh space-based phenomena and you think there's for sure likely to be a jump point uh, entrance there. You're sending your Carrick. Um, unless it, you think it's going to be a small jump point because Carricks can't navigate small jump points. Um, so you'd have to send a Dur. You know? And so that, those are some of the things that I think might happen. Um, and yeah. I do think it'll scale because, you know, like we said, the, the distance by... Uh, that you will be able to scan phenomena down will probably be based on the, the types of scanners, the size, the specialty, et cetera. And certain ships won't be able to equip such deep space scanners as others. You know, like that Aquila scanner, I bet you that's a right. good deep space scanner. If they stick with that function, if they stick with that big turret scanner, I bet you that's a pretty good, you know, right. information gatherer. Whereas, like the Terrapin, I don't think you're putting Terrapin planet side. I think I the Terrapin's out in space, and you can use it both exploration, but Agreed. also as reconnaissance. Maybe data. Yeah, no, that sounds all very plausible. Um. Yeah, so I guess I guess we'll see. Who, who knows? It could be nothing. I like think my idea is better. Theory but no. crafting. <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, can hear me? this is funny so i'm flying my sentinel and i'm losing power gets shut off every so often and i'm like what's going on i upgraded my my power plant and everything spent so much money and power is constantly getting shut off guess what this guy in the back is probably playing with that panel yeah the engineering panel yep yeah, yeah there's only one thing to off. do yep so i think that's the gun <laughs> no, well, he joined my party. Him. So no, I'm going to see if I can recruit him. There you go. All right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I know. Little right? does he well, know you're he, recording I'm, a podcast. Right I'm now. in party comms with him, so I don't know Wouldn't if he can hear funny? me. But if he can, uh, he certainly will be joining us. Uh, by the way, does anybody know where a center mass is? <laughs> on there this is very foreign to me. I've um, never go to Area 18. I don't recall. I mean, it's it's behind okay. the apartment building. I think. Right. Yeah. If you, I think it's. Is it sec zone three or zone? It's right below the sternum. Two. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, well, if you're if you're in the center court area, the z- the way to get to the zone that you're looking for, where all the like shops are, is if you the building that has the staircase that goes down and then out to more alleys. Okay. That's okay. the way. If you keep going straight from there. Yeah. Um, so if you if you do have questions for next week's episode. Uh, we have many ways now that you can submit them. So you can email us at readcastsc. That's readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor. It's a nice voice message. We get to play your voice on air and we can hear your actual question. Uh, you could do so using our Readcast Discord. Um, links below. Or you can text us at 646 646- Seven eight three eight one five four, and don't forget, as we regularly mention, there are um, other content creators as a part of Reed. There's Earth, uh, his videos on YouTube, and his name spelled O Earth because um, the Earth is the O. Uh, or you can listen to the musical stylings of Admiral Cody and Calibri, who have created all the music for this episode as well as an additional soundtrack for Reed. And if you are thinking about joining an org, um, take a look at Reed. We are a law-abiding org, uh, respectful, fun, uh, pretty active, which a lot of people have been saying is is really awesome. Uh, And it stands for Research and Engineering Through Exploration and Discovery. So that wraps up yet another episode of Readcast. Okay, for the logistics guys out there, I need crew members for ships. I have, uh, I have about well, we have about eleven logistics guys right now, and we have uh, the strategy right now is for events to fill those ships with people. Um, And as you progress over a couple months, you eventually become captain at a level high enough to fly a caterpillar or Hercules in game. In, in an event, you can always fly your ships whenever you want, right? There's there's no pressure about that. But we need crew members. We need guys to load and unload ships and drive vehicles and um, fly the ships and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Ladies, too. Ladies don't be afraid <laughs> if you only have one ship. Don't be afraid if you have 100 ships. Uh, I definitely uh, would like to start getting more and more ships in space at a time. So, in fact, after this, we're actually going to go do one of the crews wants to do an escape and evasion in their ship, and we're going to all go try to shoot them down. So, and I got thirty-two missiles for him. <laughs> Good luck with that evasion. Like MSR, is he a single it's player a ship alpha. Or a multiplayer ship. Yeah, is he going to have gunners? Thing, yeah. Oh, good. Because they may want to focus uh-huh. on shooting down yeah. Chekhov's missiles. <laughs> um, well, that wraps up another episode of Recast. Yes, Seagard, thank always. you, Sigurd, for joining us again. I can always count on you. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. Always count on him. Uh, that's good because uh, <laughs> apparently our listeners enjoy you. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you they like spin you more. You should yeah. really start a competing. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Seagard's <laughs> <That's right>. corner. <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, fellow citizens, thanks so much for listening uh, yet again. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you.